Welcome to the Elevate the Vibe podcast, bringing you juicy convos with thought leaders discussing the wild world of parenting. Welcome to the Elevate the Vibe podcast. We have a solo episode for you today talking about a rather um, interesting topic, in-laws, monster-in-laws, are they real? We've all got them, whether we like them or not, whether we love them or not. Well, we love them, right, Shov? All of them. We asked our audience members. You like how I dodged You didn't that. <laughs> What the hell was that? <laughs> we'll talk about our relationship with in-laws at the end. We love our in-laws. We asked audience members for info on their stories, good and bad. We wanted them to share. So we do have a couple today, and we're going to run through them and we'll sort of give the thumbs up, thumbs down on these. Are they indeed monster-in-law stories? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, let's get to them. Okay, scenario number one. We had to ban both mother-in-laws from smoking inside of our homes. Not just for the sake of the children's health, but for the sake of our homes too. My mother-in-law would fall asleep at night sitting in the living room with a lit cigarette in her hand. And yes, they were angry about that. Now, I didn't have a real problem with this one until it was a cigarette. Jason said if they were smoking weed or meth, he was like, <laughs> why not? Add to the party. Party all the time. But then when it came to cigarette, you're like, yeah, no, that's not so much of a party. And it could burn the house down. So... This story, yes, not not so uh, monster in law e, but just public safety <laughs> terrors, basically. Yeah, I mean, we had that fire department cat on a while back, and he would have had a fit if his mother in law or father in law had something like this go on at his house. You know, if you have shag carpets in your home, definitely don't let anyone fall asleep with a cigarette in their hand. No. All right. Story number two. Mother-in-law came to visit, saw our ABC book of famous women in history and what these women did for the world. She started reading it and proceeded to say to me, why would you buy this book? Oprah, Beyonce, Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Why would you teach my granddaughter about these awful people? Yikes. So I'm not sure what extraordinary people this uh grandmother would want to teach her granddaughter about right. but i think like oprah beyonce and rbg are pretty high up there on my list of yeah amazing women to talk about i'm trying to figure out if this mother-in-law is racist or like ageist here is Those beyonce th- beyonce too old babe you and beyonce are the same age yeah i mean you're pushing 40 it's like you're pushing walkers around and stuff you gotta watch out for that All right, so we would definitely rate this mother-in-law as a little bit of a monster. This is definitely a monster. I mean, who is a better sort of influence for females besides Oprah, Beyonce, RBG? Like, they are three titans in the women's community. Like, I would want my daughter to be any one of those three or a combination of all three. If G could be, you know, an award-winning book club, entrepreneur, media mogul, and have a voice and be a Supreme Court justice, I think that that would be a pretty well-rounded daughter of ours. I wouldn't complain. G, if you're listening, (laughs) your dad has very high expectations. Okay, moving on to story number three. Oh, oh, this one's good. My mother-in-law told me that if I ate less carbs 
and went for walks, the baby weight would come off faster. Well, thank you, mother-in-law, but you can go fall off of a cliff somewhere because the day that I stopped eating carbs, my eyes twitching. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of something witty to say to that one, but really, I mean, the mother-in-law, you can't make comments like that. Like, what, what's going on here? We all know that after baby's born, all you need is support and carbs. So this is definitely monster-in-law. Slow your roll and just sit back. Yeah, or else you will be pushed over the edge. That's right. <laughs> all right, story number four. My mother-in-law still has yet to meet her almost 10-month-old granddaughter because she is still mad that I gave birth during the pandemic and was not allowed anyone but my husband in the hospital. We also have not heard from her since November, and now we have moved to a whole new state, and she found out from Facebook eventually because she never returned our phone call. Ooh. Yeah. There's a lot going on there. That one is a zinger. I mean, there's definitely probably more to this story, but it's not like this person chose to give birth during a pandemic, and it's not like this person shows although this mother-in-law maybe seems a little crazy so not having her in the hospital could have been a positive but there were so many restrictions i mean what what options do you have yeah i don't know how you could like literally be like how dare you give birth during the pandemic <laughs> what are you thinking yes what sorry. don't you think about me yeah. like come on yeah uh, <laughs> like... sorry I'll, I'll hold off I'll, like, I'll just keep it in for yeah, another just hold year. On, yeah, just hold in the baby, you know. Wait until the whole pandemic is gone. You know, we got some vaccines happening, and then you can give birth, you know, two years, three years. Figure it out, you know. But don't inconvenience me. All right, on to our next submission. I live with my mother-in-law. It's not great. We used to be super close. Now we kind of can't stand each other. She's 86, and I sort of hope she's just going to be with the Lord soon. I'm a terrible human. <laughs> I mean, if we all think back to when we were younger, I'm sure there are times that living with your parents was difficult. If you're in a situation where you loved living with your parents, you know, awesome for you. Many of us as young adults or young people were like, you know, I'm excited to go out and be in the world and live my own life. Now, if you have to move in with in-laws or if in-laws have to move in with you, it's just a whole different scenario because depending on the situation, like you could be moving in maybe because you moved to a different area, your in-laws live there, you're saving to buy a home, something like that. Not easy, you're in their home. The reverse of that, your in-laws for some reason need to move in with you. You are caring for them. You might have young children, also really not easy. Like these situations, it's it's just you're adults. You want to live your own life, eat your Oreos by yourself, you know, whatever it is. You don't need someone breathing down your neck, drinking all your almond milk. Yeah, it's true. You know, if they say <laughs> if they say absence makes the heart grow fonder, then in this case, closest makes the heart grow get the fuck out of my apartment. I'm trying to get fat on the couch, bitch. Like, slow your roll, okay? All right, well, we don't have a ton of context on this one, but we know that living with parents might not be the easiest. So, you know, potential monster-in-law there. 
All right, for the next one. Oh, Lord. We moved across the country, and the day we arrived to stay with our mother-in-law, she lost our cats by opening the garage door after insisting we leave them in the garage. We only found one of the two, and she did not help us look for them and did not apologize and has since left the doors open numerous times, allowing the remaining cat to escape twice. I no longer leave the house when it is just the mother-in-law home because she will also go into our bedroom when we are gone, so putting the remaining cat safely in our bedroom does not mean she will not be let outside and lost forever. Until we move out, I'm a prisoner here and basically cannot leave the house on my weekends, which do not coincide with my husband's weekends, but do coincide with the mother-in-law. And since I work from home, I'm basically here all day, every day. She does not clean up after herself, will not put her own dishes in the dishwasher, does not say please or thank you, and throws away plants, living plants that she purchased herself, once she no longer wants to water them. Yikes. Okay, so it seems like maybe the pl- the plants are just an analogy for how this mother-in-law is feeling about her... Uh, Self. Daughter-in-law and cats. <laughs> She's just like, I'm getting rid of this bland. I mean, this is definitely monster-in-law status. Like losing a pet and not feeling remorse, that is, that's heartbreaking. That's yeah. heart-wrenching. Yeah, it's tricky. You know, you moved across the country to stay with this person. And then when you get there, like that kind of stuff happens. And that's like, you're trying to be like the best person you can be around them. And then you're trying to you know, obey by their rules, but then you see some sort of like severe, just kind of mean hearted behavior is happening here. And it's like, you know, like I'm assuming they were welcoming you across the country or else you wouldn't have moved there, you know? So it's like to then have them lose your cat and then all this other kind of stuff. It's like, whoa. It's a deep hole that's hard to climb out of. Yeah. All right. On to the next one. Oh man, there's so many. <laughs> my mother-in-law asked to carpool with us on our honeymoon oh she also asked if she could sleep in our garage when she visited i don't see any problem with this you know i mean i feel like i'd love mama pat to come with us to Moorea. <laughs> you know she would have been awesome swimming with the sharks with us you know and she could sleep in the garage. I mean, we don't have AC in there, but come on. Nothing says romantic getaway like your mom in the back asking for the aux cord to play her jams. <laughs> I mean, we stayed in Morea in an overwater bungalow and we had, you know, suite number 69. We had a pullout sofa. She could have totally just shacked up on there. You know, we carpooled all the way across the world to get to our honeymoon spot. Just if I chill. would have seen Patty floating <laughs> underneath that, like, that little glass bottom, yeah. like, looking up at me with goggles. Yeah. Like, it's good to know she's having a good time <laughs> on our honeymoon. <laughs> and sleeping in the garage. Now, if she asks to sleep in your bed with you, yeah, I feel that's, like... Yeah, that's... I feel like that could be really no intense. Thanks. The yeah. garage, I'd be like, you know what? It's pretty uncomfortable in there. You go right in. Yeah, I mean, have at it. Like, we could throw a cot down there, you know, even a blanket on the floor. It's not the worst garage. We just had it refinished. Yeah, our, our, our garage. <laughs> our garage is pretty dope. All right, this one, a little overbearing. Sounds a little wacky, but not terrible. Not terrible. 
this is going to round up our submissions here. So we save the best for last. My mother-in-law got crazy when my daughter was born. She would come over and watch her and pretend like she was her mom. She wouldn't even let me comfort her when she would cry. I then proceeded to point it out to her and told her she couldn't take away my child every time I would hug her. The mother-in-law told me I was going to be like someone they knew whose kids liked the grandmother more than their mom. I was livid and told my husband I didn't want her to watch our daughter anymore. Then it would seem like she was in competition with me to see who would get most of my daughter's attention. So she stopped watching her and then asked us if we were mad at her. Bottom line, don't get into a competition with your daughter-in-law because you're not going to win. LOL. Ooh. This is definitely a monster-in-law status. Any person that would try to turn like a daughter or child against the parent or not necessarily turn against but like let's play favorites i'm your favorite it's like that's definitely overstepping a boundary i don't even know what to say to that one i mean like you're not trying to out mother the mother like that seems just counterintuitive like you already did this once like let your daughter have the reins to live her own life but I think this also could go back to our mom shaming episode where a lot of times it comes from people's place of guilt yeah. where they feel like maybe when they were parents, they didn't necessarily handle situations the best that they wish they could have in the time. And we all are just doing the best we can as we go through life. But hindsight's twenty twenty, and you look back and you're like, man, I wish I could have done this. So you, you know, are in a situation where you're like, I want to make up for that time. I feel guilty and you're just creating a worse vicious cycle by trying to outmother the mother, as you put it. Yeah, I think the best thing to do is kind of cut your losses, realize you fucked up, and watch your daughter-in-law do a better job than you did. Damn! Zinger! <laughs> All right, to wrap this up, after reading these and talking about our own relationships with in-laws... Jason and I came up with three philosophies that we think are helpful when it comes to managing relationships with in-laws. Or even if you're, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, or life partners and just the other significant family members in your lives. So our first guideline is your relationship with your significant other or your spouse is your relationship. And it's beneficial not to involve your in-laws or too many outside family members in your relationship. So to give an example, if every day you talk to your parents or you talk to your mom or you talk to your dad or you're talking to whoever, and every day you're complaining about small nitpicky situations with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your spouse, and you're just kind of complaining about them, whoever your family member is, is wanting to protect you and they care about you and having them negatively think about your significant other or your spouse isn't positive. So you might just be venting. You're just venting it out. But in the long run, that gives another family member a negative view of your significant other. And that can do damage in the long run. It's a lose-lose, really. If you're going to bitch about your spouse, get a therapist or get a best friend who's not going to be someone who is in your family mix that's going to you know, have long-standing influences over your kids, too, because it'll come back to bite you later. 
Yeah, I mean, if it's a dire situation, like there are times obviously that are escalated this is not for that type of moment but it's just that like every day like if you're the type of person that you vent a lot and you like to talk about what's happening in your life all the time and you're like so-and-so leaves their socks on the floor and it makes me crazy well like over time enough of that yeah. you know that can wear down it, it can wear down on right. family members all right philosophy number two have boundaries, but be flexible. Boundaries with you and your spouse towards outside family members, I think are very important. I think especially if children are involved and you have rules or scenarios in place to keep your children safe, that is very important. Have those boundaries. So for example, if you Never let your child go swimming without you being there at the house. The grandparents watching the child, if the grandparents like, oh, I thought it was fine. They went swimming while I was here. It's like, no, that is a hard rule. That's for the child's safety. This is not okay. You cannot break that rule. Then there could be times where you want to be a little flexible. Okay, well, every Friday night we get ice cream. Well, Grandma and Grandpa came over on Thursday night and they want to have ice cream. Okay, fine, whatever. Like, you know, have boundaries, but be flexible at the same time so that the grandparents or whoever it may be, whatever the situation, whatever the family member is, like there's some flexibility there for them. Yeah, I mean, here's the deal. We're not on this planet forever. So it's just like have good times with your family members as much as possible create boundaries that's cool stick by them but yeah just don't make a huge rift over a small thing pick your battles pick your battles pick your battles don't yeah. don't make a war out of it if you have uh family members that live close by and they just like barge into your home i hear about those type of stories all the time like that's something that would have a hard boundary that's a hard boundary yeah right here, <laughs> like, for sure we no have to be changing locks like no thanks that's i came in work. at uh 3 30 in the morning with a ski mask i thought that that was acceptable like, the pandemic oh. is over what are you doing <laughs> yeah like no thank you <laughs> all right and our last rule is one between you and your partner and your spouse you have to be a united front you cannot have a set of rules that is that works between you and then when all of a sudden when this family member comes around it's like well i don't you know uh, i don't feel comfortable doing that it's like no you have to be a united front you have to stick to your guns together if there's no swimming in the pool when the parents aren't around. There's no swimming in the pool. It's not like, oh, well, just this one time. It's like, no, that's the hard rule. That's the boundary. You have to be a united front. It's, it's like the go ask your dad or the go ask your mom sort of same situation. You know, if the kid thinks that one parent is soft and he goes at, and you as the parent says, say, uh, no, go ask your mom. Like, no, the answer for every question should be the same regardless of what the question is from the kid. In all aspects, you're a team, whether it's financially united front or like spiritually united front, like you gotta be aligned as a couple to get through all of the hardest challenges. So now we're going to give a little behind the scenes into our own in-law relationships. Oh, I didn't know about this, what is this? I had asked Jason a few weeks ago when I was thinking about this episode, I said, how do you think I would describe 
the relationship that I have with your parents. And he was like, oh, I, I don't know. And like turned it around on me and was basically like, well, you need to answer that question. And I did. And I said, and this is, this is the truth. I only speak words that are true. Like I'm the most fucking magical human being in the world. <laughs> Jason's family from the start was extremely welcoming with me. They have always been kind. They love me like I am their own child. I think also we live across the country. I do think there's something to that when it comes to family relationships because the time that you do spend together when you see each other in person is is special. So you're you're not inundated with your family constantly day in day out. Like living with a family member, I think it could be much more difficult. But I'm very grateful for Jason's parents. They really treat me amazing. Are we close? Like we're picking up the phone every day and speaking to each other? No, but are we close in that if I needed to pick up the phone to call them, I would feel comfortable? Absolutely. So I feel very grateful for your family. I'm grateful for your family too. They've been amazing the entire time and I've loved every second hanging out with them. Jason (laughs) looks like... I am going to murder him if he says something different. <laughs> no, it's 1030 and I got up at six with the kids. So I'm a little <laughs> tired. You got to forgive me here. All right, Vibe Hive. And with that, that is a wrap. Thank you, audience members, for these submissions. We appreciate you spilling the tea with us. And keep it vibey. Peace. Peace.